Welcome to the fourth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. Here to keep you company, remind you that you're not alone and that there's many of us outside of your current four walls, all trying to survive and thrive in today's business environment. So regardless of where you're working right now or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at The Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates rather than advocates. And I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching. Still taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting that two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In this podcast we explore all things work-related, matters impacting you at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today, we're getting personal with our first special guest of the season, Amelia Sordell, founder of personal brand agency Clout and LinkedIn Queen. We're going to be discussing with Amelia how to build your own personal brand to help you achieve what you want in 2022. Stay with us and enjoy. So, Suze, before we get stuck into chatting to the wonderful Amelia, tell Mm. me what you've been up to. How have you been? So I've had an interesting morning. I knew that that um, kind of time where everything was going to plan wasn't going to last long for me. So (laughs) I've had an interesting morning because I'm currently sat on the floor in my friend's house in um, her lounge recording the podcast with you today in Amelia. So yeah, if you're watching this, please don't watch this. I'm not in my usual (laughs) background. (laughs) One, don't watch it on YouTube because one, Lisa and I are both talking about both having bad hair days. Oh, God, my Definitely. hair looks terrible. Um, because, yeah, not in my usual surroundings, although I am in lovely surroundings in my friend's house. But my little boy isn't very well, so he's not gone to the nursery today. So I had to kind of quickly scoop up all my podcasting equipment and go to my friend's house and try and record for our interview with Amelia without a two-year-old in the background being like, mummy, 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 played my tractor, mummy, mummy. So um, all is well, all is good. I got here, I managed to set up, we're online, we're ready to go. But yeah, it's been a bit of a fraught morning, if I'm honest, but um, we made it. So that's that's good. That's good. You're smashing um, it, love. You're already here. You're already here recording. You're already winning, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anyone ever asked me for an example, like in an interview or something like, can you give me a time where you've had to adapt? I'll be like, right, there's this one morning in back in Jan 2022. One where... morning. You've got loads of examples of when you've had to adapt. Actually, I think the two of us have. What with? I, do you know what? That's actually a really good point. This podcast has given us so much great experience in flexing. Yeah. So many Defo. times have you and I had to deal with some technical difficulties. That's some cracking mm. stuff there. That nothing sends like panic into your bones and you've got a special guest on who you really admire and you can't get your internet <laughs> to work. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, but talking on that uh, kind of point around sending panic into your bones, I had a gr- we had a great story come in this week from one of our CBBs, which I had to share because it really made me laugh when I heard it. So um one of our listeners Pippa shared with me that um she was struggling sleeping so she was she put on a podcast so she was actually listening to I think it was a Chris Moyles podcast that he does a roundup of the week or something so um and the purpose of that was to help her like send her off to sleep um and so that had happened she'd gone off to sleep the podcast had finished um, and unbeknown to her, the coaching cast was the next podcast lined up on her Apple podcast app. And so at like 4 a.m., all of a sudden, you and I started blaring out into her bedroom like, hi, welcome to the coaching cast. Today we're going to be talking about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and woke her and her partner up, like literally like shock and shiver into the bones, panic, <laughs> like 
what the hell is going on? It's like pitch black and you and I are like basically in the room, woking them up um, kind of mid intro. Um, so yeah, I think we may have lost a CBB there. Oh <laughs> we may God, have lost a little more terrified, <laughs> especially because, you know, I don't, I do boom down the microphone. So <laughs> I can imagine that was terrifying. Uh, to be honest, I actually thought you were going to tell me that she was listening to us to help her fall asleep. And I was like, well, well I don't really know how to take that. <laughs> she may have been like, this could have been a slightly different story that she, you know, didn't feel uh, quite comfortable telling me the whole uh, narrative for. But who knows? Who knows? But it made me uh, it made me giggle that we had uh, come on and kind of woken the house up oh uh, in the early hours. So we've given a nightmares then. Yeah, basically. Brilliant. It wasn't yeah. quite the intention of the uh, podcast when we set a, a plan out for the, <laughs> the goal to achieve. Give people nightmares. That's hilarious. Well, sorry about that, Pippa, and to your husband. Thank you so much for listening, though, and for that dedication at four in the morning. Woo! Yeah, absolutely. I hope you learned something. Yeah, maybe. I hope it was insightful. insightful. Brilliant. Well, on that note, we have got our special guest, Amelia, joining us. So should we get cracking? Should we get her on? Get her in? Yes, I'm excited. Let's, Let's chat. Let's do it. So today we're super excited to be joined by personal brand expert and startup founder, Amelia Sordell. Originally from Australia, Amelia kicked off her career in public relations, but very quickly her desire to be in charge of her own career and live by her own rules led to her becoming her own boss and launching her first business at the age of just 21. I mean, goodness me, what I was doing at 21, I dread to think. Uh, A clothing brand was what was built, which grew to success quickly in its first 12 months, but which unfortunately was all over by its second year. However, returning to the office uh, with stints in sales, followed by promotions and a redirection in marketing actually led Amelia to her current niche, building personal brands. So fast forward to today, and Amelia now has a staggering 60,000 followers on LinkedIn and has built a six-figure personal branding agency called Clout with a team of seven during the middle of a pandemic, all off the back of her own personal brand. But it's not been easy. Amelia often comments on entrepreneurship and the unsexy realities of running a startup, tired of people sharing inaccurate portrayals of what running a business is like. Her no bullshit approach to building her own business and hiring for her own team has meant that she's often the match that lights the fuse for discussions around fairness, equal opportunities and pay, interviewing and why employers lose great people. Amelia, we are so thrilled to have you here with us today. Welcome to the coaching cast. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I was I like, I'm blushing. It was quite an introduction. <laughs> hey, it's your introduction. I'm blushing just at the sheer magnitude of it. It's uh, it's incredible. It's really, really uh, absolutely amazing to have you here with us. And, you know, the story of, of all of what we've just talked through is inspiring. So on that then, and focusing really specifically on personal brand, because that is your expertise area. And that's the focus of today's episode. Tell us a bit more about your personal brand and your story. Gosh, where do I start? So <laughs> like to, to your introduction, so as, as you kind of glossed over, I have had stints in various different industries. And it's, it's it, the irony isn't lost on me that I left my initial kind of dreams of working in public relations because I was like I can't sell my soul to the devil and I've actually ended up doing that as a, <laughs> a full-time job <laughs> so it's kind of gone full circle um but where personal branding I guess started for me was I was working in a recruitment agency and because when I my first job as you said in the introduction um failed I was kind of left with nothing you know had no money no job no house I'd just broken up with my um my boyfriend who then became a husband who's now my ex-husband at the time um (laughs) and everything was kind of it's a whole other episode (laughs) um and my kind of whole world crumbled so of course me being me jumped on google and was like what is one job you can do with no follow qualifications and no experience and you can earn loads of money basically was like the search term great search (laughs) number one recruitment I was like great go and apply for recruitment jobs and so I landed a job at an agency and I worked my way up did very very well as a recruitment agent because actually looking back on it what I did was marketing not recruiting I just marketed myself to um, CEOs of tech businesses and kind of discovered a little niche myself and made a lot of money as a very young person um, spent it on a lot of stupid things 
Um, and then from there, my employer at the time sort of noticed what I was doing and was like, well, why don't you do this for the whole business as opposed to just for yourself? Because it's a lot more scalable. And da, da, da. So they hired me as their B2B marketing manager. And very quickly, I learned that recruitment agencies don't value marketing. And so they don't give you any money to, to do any kind of marketing. And so with the very little money I had, which is, I'm not joking, it was like a five grand budget a year of a multi-million pound agency. Yeah. I was like, oh. okay, this is, this is no wonder you know, everyone in the recruitment thinks marketing is shit because they have no money to spend on it. Yeah. Um, I kind of had to scramble around and think about how we could get the word out about the agency and win new business without spending any cash, which is yeah. quite difficult. Yeah. Um, and quickly realized that the recruitment consultants that we had in the business, the reason we were winning business through them was because of them. The, these companies were working with us because of the individuals in the business, not because we were some great agency that did things differently. It was 100 percent down to the individual. And so it was very natural for me to think, OK, so let's market them then instead of the company. And of course, it's free to get consultants to post content because you're already paying them to be employed. So if you make it part of their job to post content, then et cetera. Et cetera. So I thought this was a great idea. No one else agreed with me. <laughs> Everyone was like, you're, no, I'm not doing this. It's an extra part of my job. My job is already too busy, like blah, blah, blah. It's just too hard, too difficult. I don't want to think of the content I do. So I was like, cool, well, I'll go and do it and I can show you how easy it is. It wasn't easy, um, but I'm going to go and build my personal brand. And I'm going to go and build the following and show you what will come of it long and short of it was I did that very quickly um and then other consultants were like okay like if she is doing it so maybe I should start doing it and they kind of started building a, a culture of personal branding within the, their business but as a result of me talking about recruitment marketing and about how we were doing things internally at that company I got headhunted by a VC and so I moved because they came across my content They're like you're great can you come and do what you're doing for there for us and, and our businesses so moved moved across and helped their um, companies kind of embed that sort of personal branding culture and employee engagement and that kind of stuff at their business um, and they they very quickly being the entrepreneurs that they were were like well clearly you have a skill here that you can you can help people do this so why don't we start charging external companies for you to do workshops and I was like well I mean we can but if you're charging two and a half grand and I'm getting paid 50 grand a year that doesn't really add up to me yeah. so I went and launched clout and uh, here we are like however many months later 16 months later down the road of launching clout and I'm very lucky I'm very grateful to that employer because they didn't have any bad feelings about me leaving they were just like you know what that's what happens when you hire entrepreneurial people they leave you to start businesses and we're super proud of you so I've still got a very good relationship with them today so I'm very grateful for them that's fantastic and yeah, it's amazing. so interesting to to hear how actually in many ways your ideas and I do think it, this is a conscious effort. I think this is what people have to be aware of. It sounds easy, but things like what you've described are not easy. They take effort, thought, time. And the fact that, like you describe, people didn't think it was a good idea. And yet you went for it anyway, um, which I That's think... a pattern of mine. <laughs> people go, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting. I suppose that was part of your introduction. I love the whole, like, very quickly realise, actually, I don't want to work for somebody else because I don't want to be told what to do because I think my ideas are better. And actually, I feel like, actually, the story of clout fits into that, which was, no, I've got an idea and I really believe in it. So I'm going to, and I can see how it's delivering success. So I'm going to make it actually into something that I do full time and that I get rewarded I mean, for properly practically like if we break that down into like the facts I left my job on a Friday with 1463 pounds in my bank account and my mortgage and school fees due the next 14 days later with no safety net no savings nothing I was just like I will make this work it's like it's like that famous saying of like burn the bridges right like <laughs> I'm sorry burn the boats burn the boat so you can't get back on them like I was like right I'm done quit there is no plan b if this fails I'm fucked and if it succeeds then what a great story I can tell at dinner parties but yeah but it, it, it 100% you've got that um that observation down, <laughs> down that's a good observation Lisa where does that really strong because it sounds to me that's really strong self-belief Amelia mm. which I do think is such an incredible strength and skill for anyone to have and I do think all of us can go on such a roller coaster journey with it anyway like our life cycle of self-belief changes like I know definitely for me personally I've I've gone on so many variations of levels of self-belief at various different times where does yours come from 
You know what? It's a really hard question to answer. I, contrary to what you might think meeting me now, I was a very shy kid. So uh, when I felt safe with my family and stuff, I was bubbly and how, as I am now, but with people that I didn't know, I was very shy and to the point where, you know, I wouldn't answer my house phone if it was ringing because I'd be like, oh my God, I don't know who's going to be the other end. And it just terrified me the thought of speaking to someone I didn't know to know who they were. And so that whole confidence thing and self-belief thing has definitely been built up over a period of time. But without being like too mushy about it, I really believe having my children made me very kind of like I, like I was very poorly with my well my daughter wasn't well and I wasn't well after my first child and I, I really think it came it, this whole attitude to life and business and just going hell for leather for stuff has come down to what's the worst that can happen like mm. the worst thing that can happen is my business fails I've already done that check like no I didn't die <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah. next thing that the worst thing that happened is I lose my marriage yep done check <laughs> like didn't die yeah. like so unless you unless someone's passed away like there is not there is nothing in life that you can't come back from and so my whole attitude towards everything now is just say yes and see what happens okay yeah. if it doesn't work out then you learn something from it like it's a win or learn mentality yeah. and actually it's often the learn bit that is the best bit like even though it stings a little bit yeah um yeah. And I know that sounds really easy for me to say, sitting, you know, running a startup that's scaling really fast and like, oh, you know, she's, you know, it's easy for her to say kind of thing. But as soon as you make that proactive decision, because it wasn't easy. I wasn't just like all of a sudden one day, like, oh, I love life and I'm just going to say yes to everything. It's very scary to go, OK, I'm going to proactively do this. But yeah. it's changed my life. Yeah. Like, honestly, the, the the last three years I've taken that whole attitude of do it for the plot and not for the ending my whole life. It's been the best three years of my life. Basically. oh I love that I love that yeah. sentiment and we talk about that quite a lot actually I yeah. mean it's definitely a theme from coaching and a lot of what the principles of coaching is about which is really looking at it from the perspective of whatever you're choosing to do one is your choice you're in control of it that's within your gift and recognizing it and focusing on the learns and how you're going to develop and grow through your experiences, good and bad, with the intention that the outcome turns out as you want it to, but always knowing that as you go, you can change things. Like if you're on that path and it's it's not working out, change it. And you just keep adjusting, course correcting until you get what you want, but appreciating what's happening for you at the time, the good and the bad and what you're getting out of all of it. Because I think you're totally right, Amelia. I think whether it's good or bad, the lessons are just as strong. And actually, I know definitely for me, some of the worst things that have ever happened to me, whether that's personal or in my career, have been the longest lasting influences and some of the best stuff in the end that's turned out. So, yeah, no, I really can relate to that. So talking about personal brand then. Um, and obviously hearing you discuss it in the context of your recruitment role, just to ensure that from our listeners perspective, they understand what we're actually talking about. So what is a personal brand and how would you describe that? So everyone has a personal brand, whether they think they do or not. So a personal brand is what you guys think of me when I'm not in the room, what my family thinks of me when I'm not in the room, what my colleagues, my employees, my clients think of me when I'm not in the room. What we do as a business and what I'm really proactive and preachy in many ways about is that you can shape what that looks like. You can shape that reputation by posting content online, by, you know, speaking about specific topics to be, you know, really feel really passionate about stuff and be unafraid to speak about those things. That's kind of strategizing that reputation, which is very much what companies do, right? They go, we want to be known as the best soda company in the world, Coca-Cola. How do we make that so and so you kind of reverse engineer it what do we make, need to make people feel nostalgia what do we need to make people like parties family like it's kind of uh, all the fuzzy things that you want people to feel about you when you're not there basically and that's what personal branding is it's basically reputation it's the strategy you use in order to build a reputation about a specific thing or things um, and why is it so important to have a personal brand like, I mean, look, bother? it's not yeah, it's not for everyone. And that's okay. Like, I, I'm not here saying that everyone in the world should have a personal brand, because quite honestly, there will be people in the world that don't 
like need one or at least they think they don't need one and will do just as well without one and that's totally okay but if you want to be known as the choice not a choice in whatever it is that you do whether you're a coach or a you know financial advisor you're a SaaS business trying to scale and get VC funding if you want to be known as the option not an option Mm -hmm. building your personal brand is the quickest way to do that because when you build a personal brand the best way to do that is to pick a niche stay in the niche and then own that niche right it's like how google has monopolized how they work how amazon has monopolized how they work they found a niche books they dominated it and then they've then built out from there and that's what you can do if you're a coach is you can go right i want to be known specifically for this thing and i want to be known as the best in the world at that thing i'm going to go and talk about that at scale okay online or even in person if you you know if you go and do speaking gigs and things like that I want to be known specifically for that thing. I'm just going to hammer it all the time. Talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about it. Over a period of time, like a high interest account, if you're constantly paying in to that interest account, over a few months, you might not see a return. Over a year, two years, three years, the ROI on that is insane. And I've I've only been doing this right for two and a half years, and I've now built a whole agency on it. So that just goes to show how quickly these things can happen. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I think that piece you talk about there about actually the ROI over time is an interesting one because I know like Lisa and I have our own businesses, coaching businesses, and we talk about it all the time. We are pretty consistent and on with our podcast as well, actually, about uh, building a brand for ourselves and, and for the podcast. And sometimes like we find it challenging or difficult when, I don't know, like a certain post hasn't got much view- many views or people aren't engaging as much as we would like. And then we have to remind ourselves that actually, you know, it does take time for people to trust you, for people to kind of um, want to hear what you've got to say and for that awareness to spread. So I think that piece around like, actually being okay that it does take a bit of time but at some point you will get there also like you wouldn't go to the gym for three weeks and then expect to be in the best shape of your life yeah exactly you you need to go for a year and then once you have got into the best shape of your life you have to keep going in order to maintain that best shape of your life personal branding and anything in life is exactly the same you don't build a million dollar business and then go great I've done it and then like because you have to keep building yeah the same with a personal brand there there are going to be days just like when you're working out there are going to be days that you suck and you might one post might do really bad like it's just how it how it how it happens to be but like with the gym there is no workout that's a waste like you're it's just chipping out chipping 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 and that compound compounding impact over a period of time whether it's in the gym or building a personal brand online is huge it's like stacking teeny tiny little things on top of each other and then you step back after a year and you've built a skyscraper or there's a really famous quote that says um how does a man move a mountain he does it stone by stone like it's it's exactly the same thing yeah and I think in the context of if you are employed and you're by an employer you're working in an organization it's exactly the same sentiment it's about how are you going to show up consistently every day and are you even clear about how you want to show up like have you even thought about it like I do think I always think about this in the content context rather sorry of internal progression in organizations it was always a conversation I often had with individuals whether that be those I manage directly or whether it was just those who were in wider teams or departments around why am I not being seen you know why am I not being recognized and often it was around well have you considered how you're operating, where you're operating, where you're showing up. Are you being visible in the way that you want to be? You know, are you confident that people even know what you stand for, what you represent? You know, that comes back to that reputation piece. And the amount of times, actually, some of those questions, people were just stumped. They were like, oh, well, I hadn't hadn't really thought about that. And I I think my my response was always, if you don't know the answer to that question, I don't know how you think anyone else does. Um, And it was definitely those individuals who were, really clear about what they wanted to be known for, whether that be around skills, you know, specific strengths, um, even beliefs in many ways, you know, is are you someone who wants to stand up in an organization and be known for, um, you know, your support and your contribution and real belief in well-being? Or are you really wanting to be someone who is very strong in people development so that people know where to utilize you because if you're clear about that then you can start shaping okay so what does what do I think that looks like then you know how what what would that be on a day-to-day basis and who are the people that I need to really engage with the most 
to ensure that actually the audience is right, who can even support me and where I'm going to next. So I think it's about thinking in that context as well. Um, what you've said there is really interesting, actually, because when we when we first start working with clients, we're an agency, right? So yeah. We're outsourced. Yeah. When we start working with clients, we always ask them, like, what do you want to be known for? And that's the first thing. Well, sorry. Second thing. First thing we ask them is, like, what does success look like to you? Because that's a really good telltale yeah. sign for us. They'll be like, I want loads of followers. We're like, red flag. <laughs> like, red flag. Because if you're doing it for the followers, you're never going to get them because it means that you're constantly going to be posting stuff that's inauthentic to who you are. Yeah. yeah. So first and foremost is like, what, what are your goals? Because if you're chasing likes, you're never going to achieve them. Um, the second thing is, what do you want to be known for? And it's kind of like elevating that a little bit. So we'll have one client that's like, oh, you know, I really want to be known for, I mean, this hypothetical, but I really want to be known for someone that create, creates really cool memes around this topic. We're like, cool. So humor, that's one of your pillars. Um, I'm, I'm leading an organization, you know, I'm a CEO of a fintech and I really want to hire more people. Okay, so leadership, that's what you want to be known for. Or, you know, I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant. I really want to be known for being the best in my field. Cool, culture is what you want to be known for. So like, it's kind of figuring out what are those two to three pillars that are tied to who you are, what you do in the world and what you feel passionately about and it might be that one of them is what you do one of them is who you are and the other one's what you're passionate about and maybe that's how you tailor it but identifying those things is really important because once you know what those things are and you just start talking about those three things or two things whatever it is all the time you'd be very surprised about how quickly you become known as that person that talks about that thing I mean Dan Held is a really good example of someone who has gone from zero to like a hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn and all he does is talk about Bitcoin that's the only thing he talks about just bitcoin that's it I, should else. Tune in. I haven't got a bloody clue what bitcoin is i've heard it for years oh, i've, recently, I've recently got into it i'm obsessed we have it we have a client uh, there's nothing someone said to me the other day there's like nothing quite nothing says you're a, a, a 30 plus year old in 2022 than having a crypto wallet going to bed at 9 30 and reading a book a week i was like yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> i was like i feel so seen <laughs> um but that's yeah great. He, we've got a client in crypto and like I, when we did the onboarding with him I was just like in awe of the stuff that he was talking about and he's kind of got me interested in it and yeah. since then it's just been like right my because I can see where the world's going right even we're having this conversation right we're talking about personal branding and we're talking specifically about it online that's the way the world's going we've got the metaverse we've got crypto we've got blockchain our entire lives are going to digital our banks aren't going to be the same the way we get our TV licenses will probably be on the blockchain. The way we get married will probably be on the blockchain. The way we get insurance and proof of insurance will probably be on the blockchain. The way we own homes could be on the blockchain. We wouldn't have to pay solicitors £12,000 every time I buy a home because it would be on the blockchain of all the owners that have ever owned that house and where that land kind of comes from will sit on the blockchain. So we wouldn't have to pay all this money to solicitors. It's going to put them out of business because it will be visible. We won't need to pay someone to go and do those searches because it's there. And that's the way the world's working. So in my mind, I'm like, well, crypto is yeah. a pretty safe hedge then because it, that's the way that the, the world is going. This is very, very unlikely that this is going to burst at some point. And but it's weird. Because, conversation another time. It's <laughs> weird though as well, just because like- you can educate me. I've got a two-year-old and I know, Amelia, you've got young children as well. And like my little boy, he's got this toy um, till. And mm. when we play like toy shops- he, Devin, he, he, I got him some like coins out, some actual like money to put in his tail. He's not interested. He got his um, toy mobile phone the other day and put it on the till, like to pay like oh, with wow. Apple Pay. And I was like, that's because he's seen me doing that all the time when I'm out like yeah. paying because I don't really like carry cash with me anymore, like the Queen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so you know, in their world and that future generation, it is all online. Like it, they don't know yeah. any different because that's just what they've kind of now learned. Yeah, exactly. So for us, it seems really risky. And for, and for Gen Z, like my team, like I'm like, oh, this is a bit sketchy, like investing <laughs> in all this stuff. And my team are just like, it's totally normal. Like, they, they, like they, they, think, they think crypto is just like part of their life now. And yeah. like, that's just how things are going to be. God, I feel really behind. Uh, straight Crazy. off, I've already written a note for myself. Read up on crypto. Google. Um, what is Google? <laughs> yeah. Um, brilliant. Oh, wow. Great. What an insight that was. I've such an education on so many levels, this podcast. Um, so <laughs> going back to the personal brand piece in respect of your own brand, Amelia. So yeah. to bring this to life even further, how did you decipher, determine your personal brand? 
because I I think you strike me as an individual who is very connected with who they are, what they're about, and that you're confident. I know you described yourself as being a shy child, but I think it you know it's, you're demonstrating now how you've evolved that into the person you are now and you know I'm very confident now yeah very very well there we go yeah and so you know there are many of us and there'll be people who are listening who actually one of the challenges is not actually you know being connected with themselves not having that level of self-awareness so I'm sort of interested to know well how did you connect with your if you like internal psyche to know well this is how I want to represent myself yeah, it's a really good question. It's probably a hard one to like really pinpoint. I think it's really been an evolution. So when I first started doing this, I was like, right, well, I want to be known as a recruitment marketer, right? So I'm just going to start pushing stuff out about that and like what I'm working on, the campaigns that seem to be working, campaigns that don't seem to be working, comments on things like that. And so very quickly, I kind of collected like a bit of a niche audience of people that were in similar space, other recruitment agencies, because they were interested to see what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting DMs from people being like, how did you get 8,000 followers? Because you've done that really fast. And we'd love to know like what your secrets are. And I, at that point, didn't really have any secrets. It was just like, say stuff online. Like that was my strategy. <laughs> um, but me being super lazy, it was like, well, instead of me DMing these 10 DMs a week, I'm getting back. I should just start talking about it because clearly people are interested in it. So I was getting a lot of them. I was getting a lot of people going, how did you do this? And when I started talking about how I did it and you know what my, I guess at that point strategy, which again was just chuck stuff up online, online, I went from like 8,000 followers to like 23,000 followers like that. And so I was like, oh, well, people clearly are interested in this. Um, so maybe I should talk more about it um, and see where it goes. And so I guess the confidence piece and the self-awareness piece back to your original question has come from me just doing it and mm. like, kind of getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole and being like actually I feel really passionately about this and this is something that I really enjoy doing and I love I really enjoy teaching people how to do and my strategy has always been to give 100% of my information away for free like I don't we don't foxcard anything as an agency like we're not one of those companies that's like here's how you can do this and if you pay us we'll like you know do all the secret stuff that we won't tell you about like we're like nope that's bullshit here's all the things that we do for our clients here's the process we follow you can go and do it yourself enjoy and like I love doing that because it, it you get dms from people being like we followed your strategy and I now have 10,000 followers and you know I made a hundred grand last year and that makes me really happy because my mission here yes is to make money because I'm running a business and I'm a capitalist but like through and through we all are doing this for for making money right we have to live I've got teams to feed and you know children to send to school and etc but my core I guess feeling about all of this is like how amazing would it be if in 10 years time everyone saw the value of personal branding and therefore had better career opportunities, had a better um, opportunity for smaller businesses to compete against the big dogs because their CEOs have got such um, strong personal brands for young people to get, um, the, you know, the on the grad scheme that they've previously would never have been considered for because that application process is so fucking boring and it's like CV sifting. How amazing would it be if they were posting content since they first started university on LinkedIn or whichever platform comes next and a recruiter from Santander saw them and was like that's the person we need to hire like my whole mission here is not necessarily to grow a unicorn business like would be great but like I'm not going to be sad if that doesn't happen my mission here is to make personal branding like part integral part of people's marketing strategy whether it's in, as individuals or companies because I feel so passionately about it. I really believe the future of branding is personal because mm. look at influencer marketing look at um you know reality tv that's the way the world is going is people want people yeah. they don't yeah. want faceless logos and that's something i really really feel passionately about but that's only come through going on this journey myself and like it's almost really organically just gone a light bulb's just been like oh this is this is really what i was meant to do and this is something i feel really passionate about and i'm really bought into and the longer i go down this journey with clout and like we're like what 16 17 months old now the more i'm like excited about how we can shape this industry and like I want to own this industry. I want people to think of clout when they think of personal branding and vice versa. Like you think of soda, you think of Coke, you think of laptops or tech, you think of Apple. Like I want people to think of clout when they think of personal branding. And I just think that the only way we're going to be able to do that is by basically making personal branding a thing. And the only way you do that is by giving all your information away for free. Um, so I kind of like segued two different answers into. No, <laughs> they were, no, but it's, it's all, it's all really interesting. And actually, yeah, that whole 
idea of sharing, helping others, you know, investing in other people. It's it's it not pays a new- such a high ROI. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not it's not, not even a- selfishly. It's for both of you, right? Yeah, like yeah. If, even if it's like one to many or one to one, like me helping someone makes me feel good. Um, I'm not expecting anything back, obviously, because I think when you do things to expect people something back, it just makes you like a bit bitter. But it's but disingenuous. It is 100 percent and people know that. Yeah. But I'm doing this not for that reason. I'm doing it because it makes me feel good when I get selfishly, when I get messages from people saying, Oh my God, we did half a million quid last year because we followed your strategy. That makes me I'm like, yes, that's amazing. They followed my advice and they're amazing. But on their side, that's benefiting their career and their business. And like, so yeah, yeah I think I think sharing information is only powerful if it's shared. Yeah. And I think that in business or in life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think more and more like you pointed out around the examples with um, reality television is I think more and more this whole notion of and I've heard it for my whole career, but I don't feel like it's more real than it is right now, which is people by people. I mean, I've heard that line since I started my career in 2005, you know, it's like, but it never felt true then because people didn't actually show up as people (laughs) to be able Mm. to sell or be bought, if you know what I mean, because actually, you know, I very much started my career in an environment and in a, a time when I was sort of encouraged to, you know, when we talk about, think about how you want to show up, well, it was more in the context of think about the mask that you want to put on to, mm. and, you know, and it was all, it was so fake and awful. So people by people was being banded around, but it was absolute bullshit because no one actually did that. Whereas I think today, that's exactly what people expected. If you don't show up as a person, one, I think you feel like crap anyway. I don't know why you would do that. I know it's completely transformed my career about six or well, and life about seven, eight years ago when I realized actually the more I was myself, the more I gave away, the better person I showed up to be. And the more I was actually genuinely happier and more confident in what I was doing. Um, but like, I, I do genuinely think if you don't do that, people switch off immediately. And I know a lot over the last two years, as I've been growing my coaching business, the constant advice I was, I've been given by fellow coaches and successful business um, individuals is really think about how you want to help people. Start there and build yeah. it around that and then see what comes back in return. Because if you do that and stop thinking about sell, 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 you're going to get a much better return. And I... I think that's true, actually, even when you're just talking about how you show up in the roles that you want to do at work. Think about how do you support others? How do you help grow the business? What, what are you giving to see what you then get back? So one of the best things I've ever read, and you can have your own opinion on her, is by a lady called Roxy Jokenko. And she she's very polarizing. She's a, the color, they call her the queen of PR in Australia. She's a really successful businesswoman and she runs a bunch of PR agencies. But I've got one of her books. and I was very lucky enough to accidentally bump into her once. Well, else I had her book in my bag and I was like, can you please sign me? Oh, wow. So I have the book signed, which means nothing to anyone except for me because I think she's really cool. <laughs> but she says in her book, if you go above, above and beyond and every part of your life you will always succeed like as in going above and beyond to help people going above and beyond to help that colleague with that thing that has nothing to do with you but will help them will you will always do well because people mm. notice it mm. they don't necessarily remember what you did but they'll remember how you made them feel and yeah. you make people feel a certain way you will always do well yeah. and so as a result we have a um a thing in my business whereas there is no such thing as it's not my job so if you see something that is not working or someone needs help somewhere or you know, someone needs more, a little bit more support, or, you know, maybe a team member struggling with something, if you don't flag it or fix it, so flag it or fix it are our two things, that's on you. That's not on them, that's on you, because you, it's like, it's like seeing a bit of rubbish on the floor and not picking it up. Yeah. You saw it, that's on you. It's like seeing someone get bullied and not doing anything about it. That's now on you. Yeah. You were complicit in it. So flag it or fix mm-hmm. it. There's no such thing as it's not my job. And I think that's the same for everything. Yeah. There's no such thing as this is, you know, I, I normally get paid for this. No, give it away. You will help someone and that will come back to you a million times more. I think that's a lovely sentiment that can sometimes get lost in big organizations as well, especially when you do more silo working. There's quite complex systems in place or ways of working. People have certain remits and you can come across that quite often and certainly in large corporates. But actually that sentiment, which I think probably starts with the leadership that's within any organization, actually 
um, role modeling some of that and being like, actually, I'm going to come and talk to you about this as though it's not my area or my remit. I want to understand. I want to help. This would be my perspective or whatever it is. You know, that's um, a really, really good kind of mantra, I think, to take away that will, like you say, you know, work out for you in the end one way or another. And it's a great way to work out for you. It's worked out for someone else. Yeah, totally. But I think that's a great way in terms of building a reputation. Like if you want to be seen to enable you to progress and grow, especially in big corporates, actually the more you engage, share, interact with people, the more visible you become, the more when it comes to, you know, promotion opportunities, you'll be thought of, you know, especially Mm. like with big corporates, there's so many people, you know, you... (laughs) You can't expect every individual to be known. I think that's where people sometimes have got to take more responsibility and accountability for their success in organisations. They just expect things to be fed to you. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think, if, you know, if you are, because I know some of our listeners do work in corporate organisations, and actually I think there is an element there of, taking ownership of the fact that yeah. you know you do there are so many people as Lisa said you do have to have an element of standing out to a sense and taking responsibility for that and that's where you absolutely can kind of kind of take some of these um great suggestions from our conversation today to help you build your personal brand for sure it makes so, it more than a number yeah yeah totally yeah yeah exactly so on that note on personal I know this is something you're like really really passionate about in this subject Amelia and I know when we initially spoke you and I in November you were very clear with me about there are no areas we can't go and that you're happy to talk about anything so (laughs) so but on that note not that I'm suggesting that we're going to go off into an exciting um, I'm I'm building this up too much now and it's going to be really like quite a sedate question um (laughs) but I suppose on this note of personal can you ever get too personal with your personal brand yes and no it 100% depends on you so if you if you if you're happy to share part of your life that makes so Leah Turner is a really good example of her and of this and I really think she's worth following for anyone that's listening she's a LinkedIn coach and she's just yeah, a lovely I human follow being her. and yeah she's a lovely human being and she's built her whole personal brand up on her life basically of like her, you know she's a single mom a beautiful son you know everyone's kind of in, invested heavily in her journey and and rooting for her to like win basically and so her whole personal brand is built on that is on Leah like it's all about Leah it's all about you know that her sharing her knowledge but also about her personal life and her struggles with being a single mom and like you know trying to buy a house and the house falling through and like we're all very invested in that and that story and that kind of narrative and character if you like Mine is so different because I am 100% personal, right? So I, I would like to think that how I'm showing up in this podcast is exactly how you and I spoke, Lisa, when we first, like, I am the same person regardless of how you meet me. But you'll never see me share pictures of my kids. You'll never see me, um, I've only spoken about my divorce once on on social media. Although it's not that I'm not open to talk about it. I've just never been really asked about it. But I'm very um, personal, but not private. So my personal brand is... I guess, more scalable in that sense, because it's not all about me. It's just about kind of opinions I have and things I'm doing and all that kind of stuff and not necessarily about my life outside of what I do as a business owner and, and in personal branding and that kind of stuff. Although if you go and follow me on other channels, it is a bit more private, but I definitely keep a, a line between mm. who Amelia Sordell is a publicly facing, if you like, and who Millie is, which is what all my closest family and friends call me behind like Millie is kind of behind and she's a little bit less of not a little bit less loud a little bit less obnoxious (laughs) like has a filthy sense of humor and like etc etc you know does crazy stuff with her kids every second weekend and like that you don't necessarily see a lot of and I think Gary V is a good example of someone who's done that very well like you, you don't know what his wife looks like you don't know what his kids look like you don't know where he lives none of that and I think it's really lovely that I've been able to do that as well because I think we live in a world now where it's very much like people think that an influencer and personal branding is like kind of the same thing. And it's not like an influencer is someone who is like, look at me, look at all the flash things I have, like look at all the nice stuff I have, all the holidays I've been on, all the restaurants I visit. They're basically a billboard, right? What I'm trying to do is build thought leadership. And what I'm trying to do for my clients is build thought leadership, which is not about being paid to promote stuff it's about sharing thoughts and ideas that are going to change the world and I, I don't think for me anyway again this is 100% down to you guys if you feel like 
sharing your children is is a big part of who you are and who you want to show up as and you absolutely have to do it you can't listen to me and go Amelia Sordell said don't do that because I'm not you it's that people really fundamentally miss the personal bit of personal branding it's all about the individual but for me it doesn't help me change the world and how I want to change it by sharing my kids and sharing my life and sharing my house and sharing because like it just doesn't serve the people I'm trying to serve it's just kind of yeah. filler fluff stuff so that would be my answer you no know, it's really it's really it's really interesting and it makes so much sense and I think it comes back to that point that you said straight away Amelia which was it's got to be you've got to share and represent what you want and what you truly feel will create that brand that you want people to engage with and as you said, if that absolutely includes your private life, then go for it. Because if you feel good about that and that feels comfortable to you, then do it. Because actually, I think that also plays into what we spoke about quite early on this conversation, which was consistency. So for a brand to be bought, the messaging has got to be consistent. So you've got to feel really comfortable and good about what you're sharing to be able to do it repeatedly. Otherwise, you'll just stop doing it quite quickly because you'll feel crap about it. It won't feel good. It won't fit right. It'll jar. So I think it makes a huge amount of sense. And I think, actually, I really like your distinction between the personal and the private, because I have to admit, I think in my head, I was getting all of that wrapped up in the same thing and going, well, how can you do both? Like, how can you be really personal, but private at the same time? But I think you've just articulated exactly how you can. Gary Vee is a perfect example of someone that does it exceptionally well. And I try really hard to do it. Like, it's it's very, every now and again, you're, like, so if something's really impacted me, like my daughter's first day at school, for example, I spoke about that because I was like, this is a huge, momentous time yeah. in my life. Like my baby has started school, whatever. But I didn't share a picture. I shared a picture of from behind. So you'd never see yeah. what they look like because then it's still drawing a line in the sand mm. of like, that's my private life. And although I'll let you in through a little crack in the window, that's yeah. still something that I'm very rarely going to yeah. share. And I, and I think another really good example of this, and I know in, well, actually, I don't know if it's fair to call her an influencer, but she's very much something in the public eye. But I think the Ferdinand, so Rio and Kate do that exceptionally yeah. well as well. So, yeah, perfect. you know, like I follow them avidly because I love what they represent around advocating blended families and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that whole story that they really support in terms of, um, you know, supporting step family, like step parents, adoptive parents, things like that. I just think it's so strong. And actually, when you follow any of their um, social media work and the, even the programs they do, they give you an insight into the personal side of their lives. But they very much they do it very well in terms of keeping all their children private. You know, they have yeah. them, but they don't. They, they have don't. No, face. no, it's and they they do it in a very very clever way. I think so that I actually feel very much like you get to connect with who they are as people, but they they create a boundary that says, but this bit's just for us and it's not for yeah everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think for most people, and again, like just because I say it doesn't mean it's right, but I do think that for most people that's an important distinction to make, particularly on social media. Like I deleted Instagram like a year ago because I got so sucked into scrolling and comparison and seeking value. In fact, I made a post about it today about validating myself externally that I kind of lost myself a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I had to step away from it and be like, you know what? It's not serving me right now. And this is coming from someone who runs a social media agency, basically. Right. (laughs) I had to step away from it. And I was like, this isn't serving me right now. So I'm just going to take a break. So I deleted my whole account. um, And I came back at the back end of last year with the mindset of this isn't a source of validation for me. This is just a distribution channel for my personality. And once I kind of wrapped my head around that and saw it very much as a distribution channel rather than a validation channel, now I'm just like boom like let's go and we've grown it really fast and like it's almost like once you draw that line between private and personal everything just becomes so much easier like at work at social media like in business I don't take anything personally I have no ego about anything now purely from that whole experience of Instagram like if a client's not happy with something I'm like okay cool how can we fix it I'm not like, how dare you insult our work? Like we work so hard and I'm like, cool, let's fix it. Like what, what can we do to make it work? And I think that is a great mindset to be in. Yeah, absolutely. So starting to bring this to a close then, for the purpose of our listeners, what are your tips to create a robust, impactful personal brand? 
I think the first thing is you need to look, think about what success looks like to you. Like, why are you doing this? Because it's all good and well going, I'm going to build my personal brand, but what's the point mm. if you don't have a goal, right? So are you doing this to be known as an expert in this particular niche? Do you want more clients? Do you want a promotion? Are you looking to help kind of spread the word for your business? Like, what does success look like to you? The second thing is, what do you want to be known for? So get super clear on the macro, not micro, macro ideas that you want to be known for. So for you guys, it might be coaching or, um, you know, self-help or well-being or whatever it might be. But pick top line stuff that is niche enough that you can be an expert in that thing, but not so niche that you're going to alienate people. Like, for example, the well-being of squirrels. That's a little bit too niche, but like well-being <laughs> overall, well-being overall and, and how like animals can help you kind of achieve that. That's much more of a macro idea that we can all relate to. Yep. So macro idea of what you want to be known for. And then the next thing is like, and this goes for any single channel is start identifying people who are already popular amongst the people that you're trying to tap into. So who do your ideal audience currently follow? So if you're trying to build yourself up to be like a marketing expert, well, who, who are all the marketing experts that everyone follows? You know, go and follow marketing millennials, Daniel um, Murray, you know, Justin Welsh, like all these people who are already really well known in the marketing space, go and follow them and then start commenting on their stuff. Start getting a feel and a flavor for what they're posting, what people like. Get involved in the conversations in the comment section um, and start giving out because people really, really grossly undervalue being social on social media. Like I know people that have, don't post a single piece of content. And they just comment on other people's stuff and they've got 70,000 followers. That's all they do. Just comment on other people's stuff. So go and give out. And then there's two things to that. Number one, you'll start getting interest in your comments and start having really interesting engagements with people, which is great. But the second thing, well, there's three things. Second thing is people will start cross-pollinating over to your page, whether it be TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram. Third thing is if your comments do well, i.e. people like it, people engage it, people agree, disagree, you can then post that as content. So it's almost like building up the confidence and the, and the it's like stepping stones into, okay, I could cope with commenting on someone else's thing. Oh, actually, someone really likes this thing. I've just commented on someone else's post. So let me share that as a post. And then no doubt if it's been received well as a comment, it will probably be received well as a post. And that then gives you another bit of confidence to go, right, I can do this again tomorrow. And so once you start kind of getting yourself into this sort of habit of comment, post, comment, post, comment, post, it almost becomes like part of your life as opposed to it being like another thing you have to do. Um, and another thing I would say as well to that is don't feel like you just have to always create stuff. Like I think people really feel blocked in order to do this, particularly on platforms like LinkedIn, because they're quote unquote professional by war being worried about how they're going to be perceived. So, Oh, that's not, that's, that's not intelligent enough for me to share. One of my best performing posts has literally been a meme that one of my team made of my face. <laughs> because It was funny. And it was related, it was related. Like I, I make a lot of facials, right? So I'm always yeah. like, oh, oh, oh. And she, scre she screenshot all the, these two side-by-side -side pictures of like these two faces that I yeah. made and made a meme out of it. And she sent it to me and I was like, that's hilarious. So I shared it and it got like 10,000 <laughs> likes and, and, and like a really well-known social media guy, uh, Ilfred Samba, who's the head of social at Gymshark shared it on his page and was like, this is amazing. And like, whatever. So it doesn't have to be intelligent to be valuable. What might seem super obvious or super not that interesting to you is actually gold to other people. Like, mm. I think it's really important that we make the distinction between just because you're not coming across like the queen or that you know the, the top of your game doesn't mean other people can't learn from you so yeah we've got a couple of really young team members in the team and I'm like they're like we're not personal branding experts I'm like yeah but you've grown a following from zero to 2,500 followers in three months tell people how you did that and they're like oh, okay yeah so like, they're not an expert but they did it like I gave them a bit of training and said this is how I think you should do it and this is how we teach people to do it they've taken that and run with it so what were your learnings take people on that journey with you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is such a great tip around actually share with others how you've done what you've done, because that is what people find really interesting. That's how you, I started. Yeah, because you're demonstrating it's possible. You've done it. Yeah. So now share with people, well, then how did you do that? Um, I think also what it sounds like you're talking about there as well is the when you talk about, you know, the variety of what you post, actually just put stuff out there, like give it a go. It comes back to like that what you said quite early on in our conversation, Amelia, of like, what's the worst that could happen? People would just ignore it, but at least you tried and then try something different the next day. Yeah. You know, just, just feedback. Yeah, exactly. Just keep trying stuff and see what happens. Um, and it's the learning that you're getting along the way that actually is the gold dust. That's the valuable stuff. Um, and you won't really get really that important. unless you try it. <laughs> 
100%. And actually, it's interesting you say that because all of my best performing posts have been literally off the cuff, not planned, just like, I need to say this right now. And like, it's just been like, bleh, word vomit. And they're the ones that have gone on to do like 20, 30,000 reactions, you know, millions of views, because it's almost like my brain's removed the filter that we all have invariably when we go online of like, oh, I need to make this present a certain way. And I've just like dumped my thoughts into my phone, basically, and just chucked it up. And those are always the ones that do best. They're always the ones that I haven't put any thought into whatsoever. It's just me being my most authentic self. Yeah. The, the best. So that would be my advice for people as well. It's like, I mean, I put a post up the other day of like the five things that I, I did to build my 80,000 followers on LinkedIn. And one of them was stop writing like you're talking to the queen. Because I read that one, actually. And, yeah. Because <laughs> I laughed because um, <laughs> and I feel bad now. I said you only had 60,000. I just like, did you have oh, 20,000 no, followers? Oh. When, it's 80,000 When we last spoke, it was 60. Oh, so by 20 in the That's last insane. two months. In two months. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I'm don't, yeah. Seriously, all these tips, I'm doing them. Um, I'm following, because I follow you on LinkedIn as well. And your comment about, like, stop talking like the Queen, because, like, no one talks like that. And you're never going to be engaging with an audience because you don't even talk their language. I'd said to Susie before we got here, I was like, that was such a good post. And, like, I've been desperately trying to like ha- like write as you're actually talking because I've I've got dictate yeah I've got 15 years of corporate in me I literally am full of corporate crap so it's just like <laughs> it's trying to undo like all of the nonsense and trying yeah, to get yeah. out of my mouth like we laugh because so I'm, a really I'm, good hack for this is to dictate your thoughts into your phone because then it does actually write it exactly oh, how you speak it a great idea. Or, and we'll level up from that which is how we run our agency is we do calls like this with our client like we're doing with the podcast and then we just transcribe the whole tra- the whole audio and so we just pull out the snippets of things that you've said so you've just said there like my whole like my brain's just gone post like when you said that like you could go and transcribe this audio from this podcast and pull out the bit that goes my brain is full of crap from corporate and here's <laughs> yeah. how I'm doing it like I could post that and all, you, all you're literally doing is copying and pasting yeah, like, yeah. I know it's such a it's such a great tip it's so funny like trying to like undo like embedded you no know, girls grammar school education ways of working I'm like yeah. um without trying to get banned on LinkedIn for swearing or something at the same time it's like oh god uh, but no that's really helpful I mean it's really helpful so I think to end our this fantastic conversation with you I could talk to you for like days um we have got a listener question which Susie you've got it haven't you you've I have us- yeah I have. And I think we've touched a little bit on it already in our conversation, but it'd be great to see if there's anything additional that you would add at this point, which is, so as Lisa said, we asked our listeners and our Insta followers if they had a question for you that they would like us to ask around personal branding. Um, And one of the questions we had through was from Katie, and it's, can you still have a personal brand if you work in a company? 100%. I actually think it's beneficial to you to have a personal brand if you work within a company. So there's two things, right? The first bit is most people feel like they can't do this because they work for a company or because their employer is like really controlling or whatever. And and my thing to that is always, you know, if your employer is worried about what you're going to say online, they haven't got a problem with what you're going to say online. They have a problem with their people or worse, they have a problem with their leadership and control and ego Mm. and all that kind of stuff. And if that's the case, get out, like plan your exit, because that is going to weave its way on into so many other things other than just the social media policy. Like our social media policy at clout is one line in people's contracts. And it says, we don't have a social media policy at clout, but just use good judgment. That's our social media policy, because if we if we've hired well, which we're confident we do, um, then why on earth wouldn't I trust you online? If I trust you enough with paying customers Mm. like what? Like, I don't give a shit what you say on a social media post. Like, I'd be way more worried if you fucked up a meeting with a client than if you said something on Twitter that was like remotely funny or not funny. Like, you know, it's 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 the mindset of a lot of employers is completely the wrong way as far as I'm concerned. So if you're in an employee, if you're in employment where you're stifled into saying specific things online, I, I would rethink your employment, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. The other side of this is from the employee perspective, 
building a personal brand as an individual within a business is really beneficial because it will help you get promotions. It helps you win internal engagement if you're in a, if you're in a management position. Um, it helps you get headhunted so you can get better opportunities. Um, it will get you more money because you're known as the expert, not an, you know, a choice amongst many. Like the, the opportunities are endless for you when you start building your personal brand. So my whole thing is like, what do you want to be known for? You know, if you're a marketing executive and you're thinking, hey, I want to be known as an expert in marketing, just start talking about marketing. Like I'm a really good example of someone that got headhunted because they were talking about marketing um someone came across me on linkedin and was like you clearly know what the fuck you're talking about so do you want to come and have an interview with us and i ended up getting a huge pay rise and moving down to london and blah 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 blah, blah. Um, and i know many many people who've dm'd me um to similar effects after kind of kickstarting their personal brand off some advice that i've given so i think it's important that you do build yeah. your personal brand particularly if you want if you're an ambitious person which most of us are yeah I think it will help you level up on all the things that you thought you wanted to achieve and then exceed those things. Yeah, brilliant. Some great advice there. I mean, as Lisa said, I also could speak to you for like another day, probably, <laughs> the amount of questions. Get you to swear really... my personal brand. Yeah, Jesus. exactly. Um, but yeah, there's some brilliant stuff within there. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on the coaching cast. Uh, and I'm so much, sure yeah. it's going to be an amazing episode. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you so much, but... Amelia. And I'm so excited to carry on following you and Clout and keep learning from all your wisdom it's been brilliant so thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's been fun thank you we are coming to the end of today's fantastic episode that we've enjoyed where we've been getting personal with special guest Amelia Sordell founder of personal brand agency clout and personal brand guru as I hope you all can all agree with now having listened to her and the amazing things she said so we have tried to summarize some of Amelia's <laughs> key points to share with you now in the end of the episode so we've got the questions that Amelia has recommended and some ideas and tips for you to try out to build your own personal brand so here they are holding up the magical whiteboard. So the top tips are number one, really think about what does success look like for you? And why is this important to you? So really connect to that personal and the feeling that you have, because that's really going to drive through in your messaging and how you show up the energy, etc. Number two is what do you want to be known for? So what do you want to be known for? Number three, identify others who are doing what you want to do. Engage with them, really learn from them and think about how you can give back to them. So actually you start building up a reputation with them and their associated followers, those that who support them. So you're playing in the same circles, if you like, whether that's in an organization, whether that's socially online, it's relevant to both. And then the last one is be yourself. So I think this was a really strong theme through everything that Amelia spoke about. And we talked about the whole people by people. Well, let's actually make that happen. Let's do it. So be yourself. Just give this a go and learn from the process. So what's the worst that can happen? I think Amelia said that is one of our favorite lines as well. So just give it a go. Try things out. That's the best way to learn. Some stuff's going to be really successful and some stuff isn't. It doesn't really matter. But at least you're putting stuff out there. Yeah, see what happens. See what happens. So don't worry about trying to remember all of that right now. We will post those top tips from Amelia on our Instagram page for you to uh, refer to this week. So you just need to go to our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast. We hope you've enjoyed our episode today with our conversation with Amelia and have some new ideas now to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we honestly love hearing from you. So you can contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast, where you can stay, stay in touch with all of our latest news, including the upcoming launch of our brand new website. Watch this space. Very exciting. It's looking really good. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so yeah, your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard from us today and would like to help us grow this podcast, do us a favor and follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You have no idea what a difference that makes. Please leave us a review or subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. That says or. I think it should say and. 
and subscribe to future episodes. So don't forget, you can also watch us, although maybe not today because Susan and I haven't done our hair, but you can watch us on our YouTube channel. You just search for The Coaching Cast and you will find us. And remember, we've got a special competition to support the launch of this, our fourth season. You could be in with a chance of winning a free coaching session with one of us if you leave us a review. So all you need to do is leave The Coaching Cast a review on the Apple Podcast app. To find out more about how you can enter, just check out our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast for details and terms and conditions. In next week's episode, we're discussing how to engage with and influence those tricky colleagues. You know, the ones, those people you just can't seem to get on with or gel with at work. So that's going to be the focus of next week's episode. We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next online meeting. It's my choice this week, and I have chosen an absolute classic. 12 years old, I found out yesterday, because I put it on when I was working and had a little kitchen rave. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that tune is Release Me by Agnes. I absolutely love this song. This is such a good choice. I absolutely love it. I love like exercising to this as well as dancing around. It's brilliant. Really good tune and links in about being yourself, which talks about with Amelia today. So yeah, I thought it was a really good choice for today's episode. That's for sure. But thank you so much CBBs for listening. Have a great week. And remember, you've got this. (laughs) 